Direct from Montreal, Canada, this is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. I, of course, am your host, Mitch LaFon, and joining me on the phone from the band, no, make that the legendary band Angel. It is uh, the one and only uh, Punky Meadows. He and Frank Domino have resurrected the band, and they have a new album out called Risen. See what I did there? You see what I did there? Anyway, well, you know what? I have 40 minutes of me and Punky dissecting Angel, so let's just get right to it. Here is uh, the one and only, from the band, Angel Punky Meadows. We're singing with Angel's... uh, Punky uh, Meadows, a new album, of course, is uh, Risen. And as we say in Montreal, bonjour, Punky. Comment allez-vous? How are you? Bonjour. Comment allez-vous? <laughs> good, good. Pleasure to talk to you. The last time we spoke, it was, well, I'm trying to think. It was at that, I think it was at that Rock Carnival event. <laughs> remember remember that? Yeah, that was that three-day <laughs> festival thing that got rained out by everybody. Yeah, and, and, yeah. yeah and, and then they, they spent their time not paying anybody. And, and we also yeah. uh, talked about your Fallen Angel uh, album, I think, was the last Right, time. yeah. Well, luckily, we got paid that night, but some others didn't get paid, from what I understand. All kinds of lawsuits went on and all kinds of stuff, but... That was a while back. It's water yeah. under the bridge now. Water under the bridge, and that's why we're here to talk about Risen, the uh, the latest album. So so let's get right into this. You know, the band, of course, had been apart for, for many, many years, and mm-hmm. Frank was working on his stuff, and you were working on your stuff, and you never seemed to be working together. Who sort of orchestrated or, or, or got the idea of, you know, instead of working in your corner over there and you in that corner, why don't you work in the same in the same room? Well, what happened was, you know, Frank did his solo record first, and he went out with that, and then I did mine, and I went out with that, and then there was some discussion about maybe Frank's band and my band working together, doing some shows, and then we thought, well, you know, that's really not logistically a good idea, you know what I mean, because we'd have to travel Frank around and play him, and you know, and get his fly his band around and my band around, so. We decided, you know, we talked to Frank, and a lot of people wanted, you know, a lot of the fans, one Angel fan, wanted us to get back together and, and do an Angel, another Angel record and that sort of thing. So Frank and I decided to go out as Punky Madison, Frank Domino of Angel, and we did that for uh, just about a year and a half, almost two years, and it did really well. We went to the U.K. and, and Belgium and France and, and, and Scotland, all over the place around there, and we toured around here, too, in the United States, and, and that did really well. So that was Punky and Frank from Angel. So then we decided, well, and then we, then we decided, well, well, rather than doing two uh, solo albums again, why don't we do an, an Angel album? Because we talked about it, and it seemed like the timing was right. People were ready for it. And so and we we discussed that, and, and then uh, we decided to, um, you know, to and then Cleopatra came in and gave us a record deal that was great. They're a great record company. They gave us a deal. So Danny, um, Farrow, Frank, Mino, and myself, we decided to go in the studio. We wrote some songs, you know, a bunch of songs, and um. I'm a pretty prolific songwriter anyway. Um, I, I'm always writing songs, and so is Danny, you know. So we write all my love stuff together. So um, we had a bunch of songs down, and we, we decided to, you know, to go in the studio. And we also used my band, that was the Fallen Angel band, um, and to, to, as, as Angel. And, and it was a lineup when, when Frank and I did our, our thing together at first, because I have a lot of great players in, in, in my band. You know, Billy O'Rico on drums, and Steve O'Jane on bass, Charlie Cowell on keyboards, of course, Danny Aniello and, and Frank and myself. And so it's a great band, great musicians, and really good guys. 
Um, and there's not a lot of big egos involved, which is really cool. So we, we all get along, which is such an important thing. But so we decided to go in the studio and with Cleopatra Records, and um, we went in there and we knocked it out, and it, and it, it just came out great. I mean, it's it's a great album. People love it. It's getting rave reviews all over the world. It charted on Billboard charts, four charts. Um, it's just getting everybody thinks it's, it's the best thing, best record ever. You know, just about. I mean, one guy wrote a review saying, you know, if this if this record could get out. Um, to the mainstream audiences, he thinks it could it could save rock and roll. It was one of those kind of things, you know. And and uh, so the album's doing really well. So we're really pleased about that. And we're getting ready to do this rock carnival uh, cruise. It's called the Legends of Rock Cruise. We're going to be doing that at the end of February here. And then we'll be touring um, all up and down the East Coast um, and 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 April and May. And then uh, and and then we'll be doing the Midwest. And then oh, we're also going to go to Japan and and. Um, in April as well, so we're doing Japan over there. We haven't been there since you know since late seventies. You know, Angel hasn't. So we're doing a bunch of shows over there, which is going to be great. And uh, so anybody that wants to see our our tour dates, they can go to www. angelbandofficial. com, and you can you can you know get tickets and that sort of thing, and, and see our, what our you know our tour schedule is. And of course, we'll be going out to the West Coast again too. We just did the West Coast about three month three four months ago, I think it was. And um, so you know we have a lot, a lot, of, a lot of shows to do, a lot of touring coming up. So we're really excited about that because we love playing live, and you know it's just exciting. So we're having a great time, man. It's awesome. <laughs> it, it, it it is awesome, and so so because it's it's particularly awesome for you because you did step away from the music business for a good ten years, if not longer. Longer, yeah. Yeah, longer. like almost ten or fifteen, right? I, well, yep. Talk to me about that, where you got to a point where you just said, "The hell with this! I'm putting down the guitar, and I'm gonna go open a tanning salon. I'm gonna go be a businessman." Um, was it? Was it? You were just disgusted with the music business? Was you just, "Hey, listen, Angel well, was." How was that? What happened was, you know, Casablanca kind of folded. You know, uh, record company Casablanca. Um, Neil Bogart had gotten the axe from Casablanca for appropriation of funds or whatever it was, and and so in the meantime, you know, we 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 couldn't record. Angel couldn't record or do anything because we were still under contract with Casablanca, so we we couldn't shop for another record deal. So we wound up splintering off. You know, Greg and I went in one direction, and then Frank and Barry went another direction, and we 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 all did you know, kind of solo things like. Uh, Greg and I teamed up, and we we you know did some demos and shop some deals, but things were just you know the record company was just it just weren't working out, and I just got to a point where you know, I, I had kind of enough of the whole thing. You know, the record business. I mean, I love music, I love playing music, but the record business, I just you know it's, you know it's, it sucks. You know, I just never liked the business. It's just a bunch of sharks. You know what I mean? And, and it's an unfair playing field. Um, you know, dealing with lawyers and managers and booking agents and all that kind of stuff, you know. But anyway, so I got, I just got tired of the whole thing, all you know, got disenchanted, and and I and I left LA and went back east, and 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 I was a DJ for six years, and cool with that, you know. I was doing a lot of DJ and stuff like that, and then I went from there into my own business and opened tanning salon up, and it did really well. And then through that, I got in the stock market and bought properties and things like that, and and did actually did really well. And I did that for about eleven years, and then I retired actually and moved to North Carolina. And, and um, but you know, all that time I had never stopped playing. I mean, I played my guitar every night, and I still do. You know, when I'm watching TV, nobody can watch TV with me because I play along with the commercials and everything else. You know, and I have a little tape recorder next to me, and so whenever you know, I'm, like I said, I'm a pretty prolific songwriter, so I'm always writing things, and I never stop playing. I mean. You know, guitar is something not that I want to do. It's something I have to do. It's, it's like it's 
my blood is like breathing, you know, and I, and I kind of woodshedded too. I got into different types of music. I was really, got really into country music and stuff, which I love, you know, and, and um, so I, you know, I actually became a better guitar player over the, over that time, actually just from, you know, doing different stuff and, and getting away from that kind of heavy stuff after a while. But, um, so, you know, so, so then, then Danny, Danny came around, my partner in crime, Danny Aniele, you know, and offered me a solo deal. And so I'm, I was excited because I wanted to, I wanted to start playing again. So I, you know, we decided to, to do that. And of course, you know, that, that's history now, but that, that did really well. And we had a great time. And then that led up to, to the angel thing and Frank and I together again, and then the, the album now. So, you know, it was just, I just, the music business was, was fun. You know, it's just, it's just tough. You know what I mean out there, and also the whole grunge thing was coming into at that time. You know what I mean? So, it was, everything was kind of changing and stuff. And then, of course, now the business is totally different. You know, <laughs> with streaming and all that kind of stuff. You know, but um, so you know, it's it's it was. I needed a break, and I took the break, and I was really happy. I did a lot of things that made me happy. You know, I was a businessman, like you said, and I I enjoyed that. And I'm I'm pretty focused when I do something. I have tunnel vision. You know, I'm pretty good at researching things, and I did really well with all that. So. But I, I never stopped playing. You know, I love guitar. It's my, it's my, it's my, it's my life. It's my blood. You know, and so, um, you know, so I, I kept on playing and writing, and here we are. And I'm still writing. I'm writing a bunch of songs now. Yeah, well, okay. the next album. Well, so let me ask you that: when you and Frankie, or you and Frank, get together, you do Risen, you do these tours, you've, you've got these shows. Now that Risen is out, is that sort of like we've reached our goal, and that's it? We we we're, we're done. Or is Angel a current entity that is going to move forward and we're going to have this same interview in five years from now? No, yeah, we're moving forward. It's the Angel now. Like I said, we're, we're writing right now for the second album. I mean, Danny and I are saying we should get in the studio right now, but we, of course we can't because it's too soon. But no, we're going to we're going to keep we're going to keep touring and we're going to be Angel. This is Angel now, Angel. You know, today. And what's 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 really great about this album, you know, is it has a classic rock feel to it, but yet it has a modern sound to it too. And it's everybody's saying how how just how great this album is because it's you know a lot of bands you know that that've been around for a while they when they they kind of come out they're kind of shadows of themselves, you know. What I mean they, they they're not, but this this album sounds really young and fresh, and it's you know and it's exciting and. Uh, it's very diversified, and it, it you know it's just it's a killer record, you know. I mean, people love it, and I I love it too because you know it's just I'm very pleased with it. You know, of course, Danny and I produced it, and we wrote all the songs and stuff, and so I'm excited about it. So yeah, we're gonna you know we're well, this is Angel now. We're doing this, and I'll do this till I die. You know, I mean, I love playing. Playing is not something that to me is a job. You know, it's I mean, I, I guess you can say, say it's a job, like, but it's really not a job to me. When when you love it, like they say, it's not a job, and you know, when you love something you're doing. I love playing love and I love touring with touring all over the world. So that's a lot of fun too, you know, and I mean it, can get, it gets a little tough, you know, the traveling but it's but playing for the fans all over the world is great. We love that and so we're having a great time. We're just it's a renaissance, you know, and we're just having a, a great time doing it. Wow. you know, the the band has these shows coming up. I'm gonna have to get to one. I absolutely have to get to one. But okay, so when you get back together and you make Riz and do you look at the at the at the past catalog and say we have a sound and we need to recapture that sound, or do you look forward and say, okay, that was the seventies, this is where we are in whatever twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, and we just need to create something new? How, how do you sort of connect the past with the present without you know uh, alienating fans and 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 not alienating the sound and still being angel? How do you sort of make it all come together where? Angel 2020 is the band. 
Well, you know, the, the, the thing about the angel that I was always, you know, always, always said and always was pleased about it, angel is not a one trick pony. You know, we, a lot of bands you hear their, their first song on their album and you've heard the whole album basically. And that, which is cool. It works for a lot of bands, but like if, if you, if you hear our first, first and second album, it's more of a, a, a progressive kind of a thing like Led Zeppelin meets yes or something or that sort of thing, you know? And then as we went on, we got to be more of a power pop band, you know, and that sort of thing, but you know, with the synth and stuff, which I love too. I mean, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that, I mean, I love ABBA um, and David Cassie by Led Zeppelin and Hendrix, and then I cut my teeth on all the British blues guitar players, you know, so I love all that stuff too. So I have a real diverse love for music, you know, and, and like I said, I love country music too. So when I, whenever I write a song, I don't write a song saying, is this, is this good for Angel? I write a song that also I, I'll hear something in my head and I'll say, this is cool, and I'll write a riff, or, or a lot of times I write the whole songs or choruses come first, whatever, whatever the case may be. And I think it's, this is going to be a great song, and I just stick it in there. You know, I say, okay, this is where once Frank sings it, and I play my guitar on it. You know, it's going to sound like Angel no matter what. But like I said, Angel was on a one-trick pony. Like my Queen was like that too. You know, Queen could play all different types of music, and and that's what was great about. It. And that's what I loved about them too. And I grew up on the Beatles and that and that sort of thing too. So you know, Beatles were always writing you know great melodic pop songs. And for me, melody and rhythm will always live on. And that's, if you listen to Rhythm, all these songs, you can sing along with the choruses. They all got killer choruses, great verses. And, and even my solos, I, I write different chord progressions for that to make it like, almost like a, like a, a song within a song. It's a whole different thing, you know. And, and I tend to be a melodic player, even though I kick ass and, you know, and, and not a dick in the dirt when I play, you know, but I'm still a, a, a melodic player, you know. And and we write. I write for that for melody, you know, to, 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 so people can remember the songs. And so, you know, like I said, you know, we. we I wanted to give the people kind of put like everything Angel did in the blender in a, in a sense. Like the first two albums, like I said, were more proggy, you know, sounding. So, 1975 is kind of like that. It's like an anthemic type of. I mean, it's kind of like a. a Big production type of song like the like like the like the uh, fortune with the big keyboard intro, and then it goes into 1975 the song and it's kind of you know it's people say when they hear that song it makes them cry which I think is really really cool because it's it stirs an emotion in people you know and then so that kind of you know so that's that type of thing and then we got the poppier things that are really power pop things that are really cool too and then we have ballads and. And, um, and then we have straight up rock and roll songs like Desire and that sort of thing, you know. So, and we 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 kind of gave a lot of reviews have been saying that they've been saying that this is like all the whole Angel catalog thrown into a blender, and because everybody what you know what the Angel catalog was like yet, and 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 it's and it just sounds amazing and people just love it, you know. And so, like I said, Angel's not a one trick pony, and I never will be. Like when I write songs, I don't sit down and write. It's good for Angel. I write a song because I like the way it sounds or way it feels and then i say okay this is a song guys and then everybody you know puts their two cents in, and then that, and we have it you know yeah and, and and by the way i'm glad that angel's back now let's talk a little bit about about the past you know here here you are in the 70s the music scene is booming bands like kiss and aerosmith and everybody is going on and on and on angel had a very distinct sound a very distinct look and yet, for some reason, come 79, 80, it just didn't get to that next level. What do you think was part of the problem? Was it just Casablanca and Neil Bogart that, that fell through the hole? Was it personalities with the band? Was it the singles weren't connecting with radio? Where do you think the band just couldn't get to that next step? Well, you know, when Angel, when we first put Angel together, we didn't we didn't want to be a singles band. We wanted to be an album band like like, like Zeppelin, that sort of thing. We weren't really a singles 
we didn't consider ourselves writing singles. We were, you know, we considered serious musicians and that sort of thing. You know, we wanted to write, you know, music that was that was sophisticated, good, you know, and then that sort of thing. But, but you know, and Angel also when we got together. Angel was only together for for about two weeks when we had we started writing our first songs together, like the Towers, the very first song we wrote together, Greg and I and Frank, you know, and and so we had just started. You know, becoming songwriters actually, and we got a record deal, and so we had to, you know, we we wrote those songs pretty quickly, and the first and second album, because in those days you had to put two out, you know, two albums a year out, so you had to, you, know, you spent the time on the road playing all the time, and there wasn't MTV back then, so you had to play every little town in the United States in order to get exposure and be seen, unless you got a big radio hit. I mean, it's the same with Kiss. Kiss, you know, had what four albums out before they before the live album came out, and then that exploded, you know. And Kiss never really got in the airplay either until they had Beth, which was a ballad. Because back in those days, even though it was FM radio, it wasn't like FM radio in the, in the, in the early 70s when they were playing album cuts. FM radio became like AM radio. It was all playing the top ten. And a lot of the, the singles were bands that were kind of light and, and, and were like, like Fleetwood Mac or Peter Family Comes Alive. You know, that was kind of light stuff, you know. And so I think Angel was considered a little too heavy, um, also, um, you know, even and then we, and, and and we we couldn't really get any 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 tour support because, I mean, not tour support. We couldn't. We we every time we would go on tour and, and get a, a uh, on a big sh- tour with a, with a big band, we 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 got thrown off because we were such a threat to the to these bands because we would come on and and blow everybody away, and then you know these bands you know started thinking you know well, let's let's get these guys off the tour, and so we were forced to headline prematurely in smaller markets, you know, and that sort of thing. So. It was hard to get, you know, to get on really big, big tours. We got some, but you know, it was still difficult. And at one point, we were the record company, the the, the radio station thought we were like a punk band. I have no idea why that was the case. You know, what I mean, of course, nobody was playing punk music on the radio back then. You know, it was just an underground kind of thing that got big, but. But um, and then of course you know the MTV wasn't when Angel was around there wasn't any MTV and and Angel broke up just as MTV was coming in, and if MTV had been a if we had been around MTV it would have been a different story we would have broken wide open because we 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 were primed for the the look of Angel and and when we sat on MTV you know because because back then you had to tour everywhere just to be seen once MTV came out you were seen 24 hours a day you know all day long and so it 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 broke bands overnight you know so. If we had had, if we had been around for for MTV, I think it would have been a different story. In fact, I know it would have been. But what happened was because the Casablanca folded, you know, we we you know the band actually just kind of fell apart too because we couldn't do anything because we were under contract, so we couldn't you know, record as Angel with anybody else. And so, um, you know, it just it, it it is what it is. You know, I mean, it's you know, it's one of those things. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's just one of those the, the mysteries of life. Um. Back in 2018, I think we were out in Vegas, and then uh, Greg uh, Jeffrey showed up and played with you on stage, which was very exciting for fans. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to me about that moment, but also, you know, why is Greg not more involved? Do you think on the next album he might do some special guesting? Is there some ill will there? Is is it are things positive? Is he just, you know, over the, you know, do you see yourself working with him again? He even has guest appearances. Well, you know, um, we did a this this um it was a, a hair metal award show or whatever it was out in Las Vegas, and we got presented an award for you know uh, I can't remember what it was, but there was an award out there, and we 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 walked the red carpet, and, and that was the first time Angel had all been together as a, a whole band. Um, we went out there and we did a big uh, interview with Eddie Trunk and all that kind of stuff, and. 
and we all got together. And it was good, nice, good to see everybody. And um, we had a dinner afterwards, and we you know Greg and I, and we all sat around talking. And Greg was really excited about maybe you know putting the band back together, Angel back together. And at that time, I had just, my solo album had just come out, so I wasn't thinking about that, you know. But we talked about that at dinner, and we said, yeah, well, maybe in the future we'll do that, you know. And um, and then uh, of course after, once that dinner was over, we all went our separate ways, you know. It was never brought up again, you know. And Greg, you know, has his own business out there, and Greg has had some health issues too, you know. So. Um, but um, then we we played in Vegas, and of course Greg came in and you know and sat in. And it was great. It was fun. It was great to see him and fun. You know, fun to see him and stuff. And he sounded great and that whole thing, you know. And then and then when he heard that, but that was the both the Punky and Frank thing. That wasn't Angel when we toured Vegas that time with Brooklyn Greg sitting with us. And then when we said we were putting Angel back together, you know, as Angel and recorded like that, um, you know, there was a. You know, I don't think Greg really wanted us to use the name Angel, that sort of thing. You know what I mean? And and uh, you know, and and but when I asked, I said, "Why?" I said, "Well, Greg, won't you? You know, we would love to have you play on the record. You know, and come in and play. You know, and stuff." And he said, "Yeah, I'd like to do that," but he never really followed up on it. So I I, I just got the feeling he didn't. You know, he just really wasn't as interested. You know, but at the same time, he, I thought he was trying to put the brakes on us too. So I, you know, but of course we weren't going to let that happen. You know. Um, so, you know, there's there's not any ill will. I mean, once I talked to him, I said, "Well, we're going to do it," you know, because you know, you know, it, you know, it's my band too. You know what I mean? So, anyway, so we did that, and 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 he never actually, you know, came into play. But, you know, it's you know, it's I don't know, it's one of I like I said, I, you know, he's got his own life out there in Vegas, and he's doing that. And I, I don't really think he doesn't really, you know, he left the music business and just really really hated it after that. He decides he doesn't want to. Even, being involved in music business again ever again, you know what I mean? So, for whatever reasons, you know, and, and, uh, so, you know, it, it, I mean, I love Greg, you know, I love all those guys, you know, but it, it, they, they just weren't ready, they weren't available, you know, because we were going to go on tour, you know, and Greg was saying, well, where, where are you going to be playing? You know, I said, we may be playing some big places, maybe some small places, you know, it doesn't matter, we're going to be playing. And so I think he, he just, I don't think he was up for the challenge, you know, maybe, I'm not sure really, but, you know, it, because it's tough, you know, to get out there on the road and stuff and 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 travel and you know and play, you know. So, like I said, I think his health was, you know, was not well. Well, I think he's doing okay now, but he had some some iffy moments there for a while, apparently. But um, yeah. So I often, you know, if he would have wanted to come in again on the next album, you know, I'd love to have him play and maybe write a tune or two or write or sit down and write a song with me. And it's really up to them. I, I put I put my hand out and said, hey, come on and play, you know, and. But you know, it just never, but it just never, job never happened. So, you know, just move, we move on. You know what I mean? Yeah, we move on, and and I yeah. think fans would and, love and, it. You know, I got to tell you, Charlie's a great keyboard player. I mean, if you listen, to, have you heard the album Risen? I have, of course. Okay, well, you know, you listen to Charlie. I mean, the way we, the way I got Charlie in my band, the Punky Meadows band, was you know we, we were auditioning keyboard players, and Chandler, the singer I had at the time. Um, you know, he said, and we were looking for keyboard players. We were going to use a keyboard player in B.B. Uh, Buell's band. We were thinking about him. And then Chandler said, you know, Charlie plays keyboards for me in a lot of different projects. And he, he's a big Angel fan. And he asked, he said, listen, um, if you can get me in that band, I, I, I know every Angel song by heart. And so I thought, well, he really does. So, you know, so I, you know, we had him sit in an audition, and he did. So he's a big, big Angel fan. So he knew 
all the great stuff. So it was a no brainer. So we, we brought him into the band and, and, you know, and you can hear Charlie on like the, the, the beginning of the whole keyboard thing in the beginning of 1975, you know, it's, it, it's like a Gertrude Free kind of composition. So, you know, he's, He's a really good keyboard player, so you know, and and a lot of reviews have said that you know that Greg is really not missed in this band because Charlie's really really good, you know, and you know that's you know that's what you do, you know, you have to move on, you know, and new blood comes in, and sometimes it's it's good for the band, you know, to get excited. And like Eddie Trunk said to us, he said, when you have when you have the lead singer and the guitar player, that's the band, really, you know. Now, even though Greg was a big part of Angel, of course, without a doubt, you know, but still, it's like Jag, it's like Jagger and Richards or Tyler and Perry or or, or Page and Plant, you know, that no matter what they have in the band, it's always going to sound like Led Zeppelin when you have Page and Plant in the band, you know, so. Of course. You know, so we have that in this band, and now we have even, like, Danny's such a great addition to the band. He's a great songwriter, great, he's very talented, great guitar player. And, uh, and and him and I do the do the producing and stuff in the band. So, you know, this is actually the, this is a I think is really it's a really good band. So you know, I don't have any 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 regrets. You know about it. So, so I'm actually excited about it. You know, it's so much fun to get in the studio with these guys and get on stage and play with them. And they bring it too when they when they play live. You know, they don't they don't mess around. You know, they you know we we get up there with like a bunch of twenty year olds up there on stage playing. Everybody says that it is because you know we we love what we do and. Like I said, they're all really great players, and and they're really good people, which is a big, big part of the battle, you know, because, you know, you get a lot of people that come in and they have big egos and stuff, you know, but these cats are really, really good people, too, at the same time, so we're we're really happy. And you should be, and, and of course, I wasn't suggesting that, that it's not, you know, Angel without Greg, of course, that, that that's... Oh, no, you know, I know. You know. Well, I mean, but Greg was a big part of Angel, of you know, course. he really was, it was a big sound, Greg had, a, Greg had a, was a big personality, and he, you know, he was a great keyboard player, and a lot of that stuff was very heavily keyboard-oriented, you know, so, I mean, Greg was a big part of the band, but and that's why when we got Charlie, we, he was a, 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 you know, a good fit for the band, because he did know all of Greg's stuff, and he was a big Angel fan, so... You know, it, it was an easy fit and like a glove, you know, like a hand inside a glove. So it was, it's worked out well. So, you know, it has worked out remarkably. Now, I'm going to ask you the question that everybody's asked you for the last 35 years. But everybody, you know, we always talk about Gene Simmons of Kiss discovered the band. But sometimes when Gene Simmons says he's discovered a band, it's like he saw you in a club once and he happened to be in the room. Um, how important was this whole Gene Simmons discovery thing, and and is that more myth or fact? Well, I mean, it, it is. It's it's fact that he saw that Kiss saw us, and we were, we just put Angel together in this little nightclub called Bogies in Washington D.C. You know, we were, you know, we we been I think we'd been playing there for maybe two weeks or something, and we were getting all these managers who were coming down. We had we started the bidding war all of a sudden because when we put Angel together, we knew we had something special. We had the flash pots going off in this little bar, and then it would knock all the whiskey bottles off the shelves and stuff, you know. And and um, and and uh, Kiss had been playing at the Capitol Center in D.C. And, and um, they, you know, like a lot of times bands will go out to clubs afterwards. Well, they wound up coming to the club Bogies, and we played down there. It was Gene, Paul, and Ace, and they saw us, and of course they freaked out. They loved us. They said Gene thought we were great. And I, I would I would do this move where I hold my hand over my head and point to my guitar neck and. Gene copied that move, move and looked at me and said, "Punky, this he goes classic." You know what I mean? So they they, they loved the band. They, you know, they said, "Oh, glitter hits DC," and they thought it was great. And so 
then, like a long story short, we went out to California and we were shopping a record deal, and um, and we were one different record companies. And our manager said, "Hey, there's this new company called Casablanca. They have Kiss and stuff like that, and maybe we should go with them because you know they're a smaller label. You know, you won't get lost in the shuffle like on a big label of Capital and stuff. They'll put a lot into you, you know, and and also Kiss is on that record on that on that label, so." So we said, okay, let's check it out. So our manager called Neil Bogart up and said, hey, listen, I got this band called Angel. They're really good. Um, you know, Kiss has seen them play and think they're great, and and we'd like to, you know, audition for you and let you ch- and have you check the band out. So Neil said, um, he said, I'll tell you what, Kiss is playing in Anaheim in a couple of weeks. I'll have Angel open up for them, and that way I can see the band. Let me get back to you. I'm going to call Gene Simmons and see what and see what he thinks. So they hang up, and then Neil calls back about. 15 minutes and he goes, I'll tell you what, I'll sign the band sight unseen because Gene Simmons says, under no way will Angel ever open for Kiss. <laughs> so, in a way, you know, that, you know, I, I, I guess you can say he's responsible, you know what I mean? But, but, and, and, but anyway, after that, we said, cool, and he, but then when he came down, we did play for him all those, you know, plays like he's just playing, and of course that solidified the whole thing. So, there's, you know, there's some, there's some uh, truth about that, you know. It played a, played a, a, a part, I, I guess you could say. You know, I think right. we would have played for Neil Bogart though, in audition without the whole Kiss thing. He still would have signed the band out because I mean, Angel, we had bidding wars everywhere at the time when we first came out because you know it was just we were really, really cool when we first came out. You know, yeah, and you're still very cool. I mean, Risen is a great band. The band has a great look. You've got great musicians, and uh, and by the way, speaking of Neil Bogart, it's it's a shame that 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 movie they were going to make about him spinning gold has been, they've halted production because I was so looking forward to seeing. Me too. I know. I love Neil was a great guy. I mean, he really was, he was behind the band a hundred percent, you know And I mean? And then he saw that record company with nothing. He has, you know, he rang his, ran his credit cards up and he had a, I think a Johnny Carson album or something on there that didn't do anything. And then, you know, he was practically broke. And then he, then he, he then he, you know, he got uh, Donna Summers and of course she blew up. And then he got, and finally Kiss blew up after like four or five albums, you know, and, and then he, the whole disco thing, he started too, and, and he kind of then he became the golden boy of Hollywood. But we would have meetings. The last meeting we had with Neil was, you know, we sat down and we had just finished um, Sinful, and he was saying that, um, you know, you guys, you know, I'm going to make you, you guys are going to, you know, you know, you guys are going to make. It. He said we're, we're going to win the war in this. He said, I'm, in fact, I'm going to write the the, the the debt that you have on Casablanca off of you guys. We were into Casablanca for like a million point five at the time, you know. And he said, I'm going to write that off and the whole thing. And we played simple. He loved it. He would always light a joint up, you know what I mean? And we'd all sit back and blast it in his office, you know, on, on, on the stereo system. And he was just a great, he was a great guy. And he was behind us, you know, and he always put us in, in the movies. When he always did a movie, he put us in the movies somewhere, like like Fox's. And when they had the TV show, um, WKRP in Cincinnati, they would have, every now and then they would have put a poster Angel on the radio station back there and stuff, you know. So Neil was a great guy, and, you know, and unfortunately he, he passed away at a very young age, you know, and, and it was it was very sad because, like I said, once Neil Bogart was gone from Casablanca, the heart and soul was gone, and that place was just run by a bunch of college kids in there, and they... And that's what happened with Angel. They, they couldn't promote the, the album seemed like the double live album, you know, just didn't, it just got left on the ground. So nobody's promoting it and stuff. And so, you know, Neil was Casablanca and he was, he was an innovator, you know what I mean? And he, he really, you know, he was, uh, you know, he, he, he could see when things were great and, and he was really cool. And it was just sad that he went away. I, I wish they had finished that movie too, you know. Did you see that, 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 what was that, that thing on Showtime or HBO that, with that, about the rock um, business? I can't remember what it was called now. It was only on for one season, but it was really cool when they were just getting into the yeah. part about Neil Bogart. I remember that. 
Like record, it was just like, like a very simple name, like record company or something. Uh, vinyl, yeah, no, vinyl yeah. or something like that. Vinyl, that was it. That was vinyl. It was vinyl. Yeah, and um, and yeah, it was really great. And they were just getting into the whole Neil Boat Casablanca thing, and then they and, and that first season, and then of course, and then they come back the second season. Unfortunately, because I guess it was too expensive or something. But that was such a great, a great thing. But yeah, Bogart was a great, a great cat, and you know, and that. When we first went with Neil, you know, they had this, this this house up in the Hollywood Hills with you know three or four bedrooms in it, and they just had they had um, you know, that little each bedroom was allotted for like you know promotion and other something else or whatever, and, you know, and it was just such a family oriented thing up there, and they were always so happy to see you, and people would smoke joints and you know get high, and it was just really cool. And then of course when he got bigger, then he got a, of course he got a, a nice big office building right on Sunset Strip there. But Neil was Neil was a, was an innovator. He was he was a great guy. It's too bad he's he's gone. It's too bad he's gone. And and you know, Spinning Gold was was filming in Montreal, and they ran into production issues, and uh, the, the budget got pulled, and the whole thing sort of fell apart. And it was like, oh damn it! I wonder why. It's too bad. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I sort of saw the story, and I know that the Canadian uh, what's it called, Actra or whatever it's called, you know, for the. They put out a, a notice. Don't work with this production company because of these issues, and I can send that to you. Really? Yeah, oh, and, and it was just like, damn it. So hopefully somebody comes along with the purse strings open and says, I'm going to get this back on track. Let's get this done because it's a great story, and you had Samuel Jackson. You had all these people in it. and Yeah, I know. Wasn't Gene Simmons involved in that too or something? Or yeah, not? Gene was. Uh, listen, in, in Montreal on August 16th, Kiss played the Bell Center they were supposed to recreate a 1975 show uh, in, in soundcheck, and they had um, customized uh, instruments. Some of my friends who live in town had recreated some of the old instruments and had painted, painted them to, look the, to have that look, and it was, it was all going to be done. And about a week out, we got notice, hey, they've pulled the funding, project's done, forget about it. And it was just like, damn it. Oh, man, that bites a ball. That yep. sucks. Yep. Uh, you said hopefully maybe somebody will come along and reignite it or something, I hope. Well, I mean, I you're telling the one. story of Kiss and Donna, Summer, and Angel. There is going to be fan interest. People are going oh, to want to see it, so, you know. Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, you know, all my all my friends and everybody was watching. We all watched live, and we said we can't wait. It was such a great, great you know, um, show and stuff. You know, we were so excited about that. And then the plug got pulled on that, you know. I don't know. Oh, well, say la vie. But uh, on that, Angel, though, is not dead. You have risen. And, yep, exactly. <laughs> and I'm glad you're back. I, I, I love my old school rock and roll, but I love old school rock and roll that's making new rock and roll, not just living on the, the glories of the past. And you are not. This yeah, me is, too. Yeah. That's the thing. That, that's what bothers you about classic rock radio. You know what I mean? They, classic rock radio only plays the same songs from you know the bands you know from back then. You know what I mean? Like they'll play, they only play Cheap Trick Surrender or, or whatever. Is that that thing? I mean, even though Cheap Trick puts a new album out, they never play the new stuff. And they should do that. You know, these classic rock stations should play the new stuff when a classic rock band comes out because fans want to hear that. You know, it would make them seem more vital too and, and more up to date. You know, instead of hearing the same ten songs over and over again. I you know, agree so. with you so much, and, and I've always said it since you mentioned Eddie Trunk, and so well, I'll mention Sirius XM. They've got this, you know, Hair Nation channel, mm-hmm. and they play Bon Jovi and they play Def Leppard, but all those bands still make new music. Why would yeah. it be so difficult on a Sunday night from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m.? Just have an hour where you feature 
some of their hits from the last 10 years. It doesn't have to be, you know, brand, brand new, but at least from the last... And, and I'm sure fans would listen and go, oh, really? Yeah. Angel's got a new yeah. Under the Gun? Oh, I haven't heard that. Oh, I, I'm going to go... It would help everybody. Yeah. It would be great. I mean, and also, it, it would promote them, too. I mean, they would get even more listeners, I think. You know what I mean? Because I know for me, like, I was in class rock radio every now and then, but I could kind of get bored with it because I've heard those songs so many times. You know what I mean? And then I, I want to hear something new, and that's why I want to turn into a country channel, because I hear something new. You know what I mean? But... But if they would play like the, these classic rock bands, because they were they're always at their cheap trick just did a new album what, two or three years ago, you know, and 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 I never heard on the radio one time. I could, I heard Surrender all the time and stuff. And if they would just get out, it's same with Springsteen. Anybody, you know, they play the old stuff, but they never play the new stuff. And if they if they would do that, I think they would continue to get even bigger listeners and followers. You know, if they would do that. I agree. And I, I have a friend in radio out in Minnesota. He actually started a show just last week where. He's a classic rock station, but that classic rock station where he is has an hour show where they're dedicating it to new music. So there's one voice in the Midwest that's like, hey, these bands have something new to say. Let's play it. So anyway. Well, I hope they play Risen because, you know, I, I, I tell you, I think people will start tuning into that show more than the other ones probably and eventually because once the word gets out because yep. – People love it, man. man. People kept saying, what, I wish Angel would record a new record, you know, all these years. I wish they would do it, and then we do it. And when we do it, they love it. You know what I mean? And so then, then you know, it's inspirational to me, you know. I mean, I, I, I love the fans that they love it, too. And it makes really makes me happy, you know. And it, and it, and it, and it, it goes to show that, you know, you know, these bands still have a lot of life in them, man. You know, and let's, let's do it. Let's, let's hear it, you know. Because it's, it's awesome. So it's just good music, you know. It's fun, man. So. It is. And, and you're still managed by Danny Stanton, right? No, 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 no. Danny, Danny never managed us. He will, He was kind of... He helps you with it. With, yeah, with, yeah, with me. He actually... We did... Um, we just came back from Belgium and the UK, and we did a, um, a festival in Belgium, and Danny, Danny Stanton had organized that, and he, he got us on that with Dee Snyder. We did that. And Danny's trying to put some other shows together. Danny's going to get us some, some, some shows in Australia, too. So we're going to be doing that. We work with Danny sporadically off and on, you know, and he, he's always trying to help, you know, so we're working off and on. But we're, we we had a manager for a while, but he really wasn't doing much. So really, Danny, actually, you know, Danny Aniello, he's pretty much, I think, as the manager of, of, of this band, and I have to give him his props because he, he does really well, you know. Danny wears a lot of different hats, you know, so he's a talented guy, well, you know. So Well, I was just going to say, that said is uh, I'll send over Mark, who's out in, in Minnesota, I'll send Mark's information over to Danny, and he can maybe get it to you so that maybe we can get some Risen on the air and not just be yes. a classic, classic rock. Let's Because it, it's a very vital album. I mean, you've got these these uh, little more than 15 songs that are just fucking kick-ass, and people yeah. need to hear it. And, you know, and it's a double, it's on vinyl, too. It's double vinyl, too, as well. Cleopatra's great, you know. And the thing is, that's what, you know, we, in fact, on my solo, I had, like, 17 songs on it, you know. And the, and we, at first, we said, you know, well, maybe we have too many songs. But we said, no, let's give, the, let's give the fans everything we got, because we can always write more songs, you know. And, it, and it's hard to say this song's not going to make it, you know what I mean? And this song will, you know, because, you know, they're like your children or whatever, you know. But, you know, it is a great album, you know, and, and people love it. You know, I listen to it and I like it too. You know what I mean when I listen to it. So, which that kind of you know passed the, the taste test for me because I know a lot of times when I, in the early days of Angel, you know, I would hear hear it back and I would say, okay, next next record. You know, I was always a little displeased with you know with some of the stuff on Angel because you know I was my own worst critic. I guess I could have done that better, but 
on this album, I listen. I'm really happy. I love the way it sounds, and it gets me pumped up. When I when I'm ready to do a workout, you know, I, I put it on and blast it, man. I I pound the weights out good and strong, and you know, because it it kicks ass. You know, it's really good. It, it is. And on that, uh, Punky, thank you. Merci beaucoup. Absolute pleasure. And, and hopefully we'll get you up to Canada, get you up to Montreal and Ottawa and all those great places. And uh, hey, merci. Well, thank you, Mitch. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoy it. I hope to talk to you soon again. Absolutely. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye. This has been Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. For more exclusive content and interviews, subscribe on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, and many more. Follow Mitch on all the socials, especially Twitter, at Mitch LaFon, and on Instagram, at Mitch underscore LaFon. Get your Mitch merch now at loudtracks.com slash Mitch.